Hi, hello, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. We're going to talk to some real people about some real things, maybe get some real laughs, maybe not. We don't care either way. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied, as always, by my editor and producer, Tom Byers. Uh, We're bringing back our guest today, Jamie Yerk, for round two of the Jamie Yerk interview. Uh, You can find us on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can find us on Spotify at The Working Perspectives Podcast. And find us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast. And follow us on Twitter at Working P Pod. All right, so let's get right back into the interview. Here we go. generational cups and all that fun stuff so let's move on to why we're here we're going to talk about you making that paper chopping up that bread doing your thing so first job we have on the books for you you were a bagger at a, at a shop at a at a grocery store right I was, we'll say, yeah. we won't say the name of the grocery store but you were a bagger at a grocery bagger at the grocery store age 15 Tell me about it. How'd you do it? What made you stop? Seems like the job of a lifetime. Opportunity you'll never get anywhere else. What do you got? Yeah, so I will say that this place is known for their cheap chicken Mondays. Um, so coming in, um, the first thing I always work to the mornings, the biggest pro to working with them is smelling that rotisserie chicken first thing in the morning, oh, 6 a.m. Yeah, Maybe. it's a real treat. Like on a Monday morning. Oh, man. Yeah, I only worked there for a couple months. It was a good job. Um, it paid the minuscule bills that a 15-year-old had to pay. Um, I will say it wasn't great, though, being a young woman working there because uh, eventually I had to get moved to the bakery because there was a specific old man that would come in and leer at me every Tuesday. He would come at a specific uh, time, always find my line. And eventually on Tuesdays, they moved me to the bakery. Um, oh and I God. couldn't do anything uh, there because you had to be 16 God. or older to do anything. But I would take the cookies oh, and put them on the floor. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So wow. it, was, it was a great oh. job. A dr- girl's dream job. That sucks, man. Um, <laughs> How old was this? How old was this freaking creep? I mean, probably- I- <laughs> From my 15-year-old perspective, he was probably 80. Uh, he may right. have been like 40-something. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> he could have been 20. <laughs> no That's perspective brutal. there. But, um, like me and Shake, I don't – I mean, I know Shake. He gets people staring at him all the time because he's just the wow. best-looking son of a bitch in town. But, you know, that's something I've really only ever had to deal with like 10 or 11 times, just men, old men staring at me while I'm bagging yeah. groceries. But yeah. for you, it's like it turned into yeah. quite an issue. And, and it, so that's it should be though. said, I speak from the men delegation. Listen, men, we all yeah. know. We <laughs> all know that we have, it is the, 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 a blink of an eye we can turn into a full on creep. It, we have, we all yep. have the capacity to do it, and we decide not to be creeps. Yep. And you know when you're yep. being a creep. Please. You know when you've cr- you've crossed the creep you line. Being weird. And yeah. most of the time, yeah. you get away with it too. That's the that's the thing that you know we don't tell <laughs> the other. Shame. Yeah. We don't tell the other side of the population yeah. is that most of the time we get away with it. But you got to decide not to be a creep, okay? We're in it for the long haul. <laughs> yeah. And and the last thing you want is some. Uh, how old were you, JB? Fifteen year old. 
15-year-old, uh, yep. you know, Jesus. a brand new bagger in the system trying to earn her, trying yeah. to earn her key, yeah. work up yeah. the ladder, and they're Dream shipping job. her off to the friggin' bakery yeah. because you are, are, are <laughs> leering. You're yeah. leering. Just look at the magazines yeah, now, in the aisle, okay? The- we, they got the- <laughs> <laughs> look at Angelina Jolie yeah. getting divorced right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Timely yeah. reference. Did, did he end up buying like a bunch of cookies every Tuesday then after that? No, <laughs> no. He bought a wedding cake every Luckily. Every Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. So, yeah, just become okay. the bakery's number one client. Um, no, but luckily yeah. it was one of those things where my managers paid attention. They noticed it was something that was definitely not mm-hmm. something that they wanted for their young employees and they were able to make yeah. do. Um, I started working there because it was just right around the corner from where I lived. Um, be, be honest, be honest. Mm-hmm. You were flattered that this age old. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know what? There's nothing I want more in this world than an old man thinking about my body. Oh my God. <laughs> Leonard, come on. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I know it, it, it was, it really upset me. And I remember going mm. home very many times and talking to my parents. Oh, I can't believe your dad didn't flip. Yeah. He wasn't very happy about it. I'll give him that. But, um, oh, you know, I, we'd, would, we'd... I would go there and fucking mm. kill the guy. If anyone ever does that to my daughter, just a heads up. Yeah. Any of you fucking <laughs> creep trying to catch my They're fucking listening. daughter. Your ass is dead. Yeah. yeah. We're here. <laughs> well, that's just... She's a baby now. This is now being submitted <laughs> yeah. to the court case. One and a half. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 14 years of not you don't even fucking think about it uh no that's tough that's tough from both angles a parent's angle your mm-hmm. angle but you know also like shake saying there i mean i'm i'm happy that your managers like knew that it was coming like they had to have like bagger girl frank or whatever the hell his name was like you couldn't have been he was the common one that he did. yeah they're like god damn it Chucking geriatric Jerry's back and he's staring again. Golly, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But all right. So let's move on past that creepy bullshit. So you went from, uh, you went from bagging, uh, bagging groceries to then you were a cashier at CVS and you were there for like a couple years. Yeah. And that was basically like your high school job where you used it to pay for your car and gas and all that gimmick. Right. And right. Is that what you're doing? That's right. Um, no creepy men there. That was pretty normal. Right. Um, again, I started working there. It was right around the corner from my house. Um, actually right cool. across from the <laughs> sort of down the road a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, down this down the road from the grocery store yeah sorry from the cheap chicken monday grocery store <laughs> yep. um no, no name no names yeah so you can um, name a store so it's that's okay. <laughs> very i mean it's up to you. matt if the guest wants to say the name of the place you think quick question do you think me wants to know that we're advertising where hey, 80 year old what <laughs> okay how about that <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Yeah, no, okay. I, I don't have an opinion on grocery California. stores, but guess what? They had a creep come into their grocery store and, and they shuffled off an employee to some other section because of it. Get him, Tom. It's time for them Get to him. own up to it. That's a good point. But wait, here's what I'll do. I'll just start from the top and you guys can take your pick of what you liked. Um, well, it's not getting edited. <laughs> um, so yeah, I started working at CBS. It was right down the street from the grocery store. Um, 
And it basically, I just got my car and I just started this all-star team and my parents told me that I had to pay for my own gas. Um, And I don't know if we remember in 2006, gas prices were astronomical. Um, So yeah, basically my entire paycheck went to paying for half of my car insurance and my gas for the car to get me from place to place. I had no free money, Um, but it was a good job. I had a... Okay, so I got it in 2006, and it was a 2000 Ford Escort. Mm-hmm. Right now is a great time to drive a new Ford. Now you can get $1,500 cash back on Ford Escort and Ford ZX2. Ooh, Ford Escort. The color. Yes. Wow. Minerva. Right. I already know the color. It was black. Yeah. It was a, yeah, it was black. It was a little, it was the two-door version it was the sports mm-hmm. car and the license plate started with gtw and i remember that specifically because my parents gifted it to me and my dad said look at the license plate it's get to work the more i hear about your old man the more and more i like it. yeah uh, he's an awesome right. guy <laughs> yeah all right good so yeah. cool and what was the car had a name is that right yeah oh my god probably Minerva, she was Minerva. Minerva. Oh my Lord. god, she was Minerva. Minerva because... from like Minerva McGonagall from Harry Potter. That was bloody brilliant. Oh, thank you for that assessment, Mr. Weasley. Perhaps it would be more useful if I were to transfigure Mr. Potter and yourself into a pocket watch. That way, one of you might be on time. We got lost. Then perhaps a map. I trust you don't need one to find your seats. That's exactly oh it, Matt. Yes. That's exactly oh it. Yep. All right, we've crossed, <laughs> we've crossed the line. Here we go. Played by, played by, did we, what's her fucking name? Maggie Smith. That's Maggie Smith. Yep, Dame Maggie yeah. Smith. That's it. <laughs> Professor Minerva McGonagall. Give yeah. it a, give it a goodie. That's it. Your boy here. That's right. Yep. She was a, she was an anamorphous, if in case you were wondering. I was, and thank you. Either way, you went. Yep, you weren't. You don't know about H. I'm a total, total Potter guy here. All right, so total um, Potterhead. Yep, yep. Uh, Wingardium Leviosa. Whatever you're gonna do. That's it. Okay, so you you had your kind of you had your kind of gimmick job there. Then you went to Babies R Us. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> We've got a couple of Babies R Us representatives yes. on this call. Um, you're I, damn I right. Heard, I've heard. <laughs> So That's it. From what I so from what I was told, Jamie mm-hmm. gets the in at Babies R Us first. She yeah. then gets Jillian Michael a job, then Shake a job, and then Shake's deadbeat brother Kevron a job. Is that that's right? how it that's how it always happens? Yep, that's it. We started our own gang. <laughs> okay. We started a gang. You were kind of you were kind of there during college. So like mm-hmm. during like you would come back for holidays and summer and things like that, but then mm-hmm. you're like, you know, you're at school, right? So it's kind right. of like a seasonal thing. But they were there the whole time while you were gone, right? Right. So um, yeah, because you, you have to be you 18... there. Go ahead. Go I was ahead. just gonna say you have to be 18 plus to work there. So I started once I was like going into college. So I had to hide from them mm-hmm. that I was going away to school. Um, they hired me Ooh. for like a month and a half, and then I was like, oh, by the way, I'm going to Bloomsburg. And then I came back for every summer, Christmas break, um, one uh, one time during spring break, and then that was it. For four nice. years, my whole four years Ooh. there. Yeah. 
So basically, it was like you got you started there. You were the head honcho. Then you got these schleps a job. Yeah. Then you left, right. and they took over, and you came back, and you were like their little whipping boy when you came back. Is that kind of how it was? A little they were bit. Like very yeah. impressive and mean, and yeah, they're like, "Look, yeah. you do what we say. This is odd. This is our yacht. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's exactly how it was. I got hazed yeah. every time I came back. They they took me into oh, the back parking lot and just started kicking my ribs. <laughs> it was brutal. Yeah, yeah, that baby's RS hazing. It. I mean, it's Jamie, did you think it'd be fun? answer me this? Was there a shift that all three <laughs> okay. of us had, you, me, and Jill? Like, I, I'm just not Definitely. remembering this. Like, yeah. all of the time. Yeah. Really? That was the shift. So, Jamie yeah. would come back from school. <laughs> yeah. Where the hell were you? I, I, listen, man, I was. We already established that I didn't smoke pot like everybody else department. at that place. And I probably should have just like numbed my brain during these years, but I didn't. Yeah. But I was. I I was not operating on on full capacity during these years, but so what would happen? Jamie, you would come back from college, and then you and Jill would be like in heaven, mm-hmm. hanging out with each other and dealing with just pure hell Epic on earth. Cashier, yeah. yeah. I just mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know why I'm not remembering. We'd be the cashier. You'd be back doing whatever you do yeah. because you guys Stick took breaks you. at the same time. Yeah. Baby so I, I just wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't even the bubble. I was just kind of hanging out there with Jill anytime I got. Yeah, I was a baby gear, which <laughs> is considered baby gear was considered the bad boys of the. Uh, of the <laughs> actually, that's not yeah. even true. Yeah. Furniture. They were the bad boys. Babies are okay. bad boys. So here's here's the breakdown, to be honest. As someone, a long-term yeah. Babies are employee, you guys wouldn't yeah, know yeah, since I was years. there at the get-go. Um, <laughs> baby registry is where every chick wanted to be. You want to be a baby registry. Ooh. You get a chair. All you have to do is talk to someone for like five minutes, and then they go on their way, yeah. and you're like chill for a while. Yeah. Baby gears. Like yeah. yeah. Registry is the place the to be. Baby gear. Yeah, baby gear was busy. Nobody wants to be a baby gear because you're always doing something. You're always taking down something from somewhere. And if somebody couldn't find you from anywhere else, they found baby gear people. You don't want to be a baby True. gear. Furniture is where all the hot boys were. When you were good looking, they sent you to furniture. It's just the rules. <laughs> wait a second. How many wait a hot second. boys are we talking about working second. at Babies R Us? Yeah, and Shake, you weren't in Babies R Us? In- so I was in ba- I was in baby gear, not sent to furniture. So, uh, Jamie, are you? Is there something you want to tell us? No, I will say that Tom. There were times when you were at furniture. There were times when I had to call back to furniture, and Tom took the call. Yeah, because so you're probably on that that middle scale. Yeah. I hate to tell you. Anyway, anyway, short. No. Yeah, the 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 best thing, no. and maybe our listeners will identify with this quality. The, the number one, like, skill to have if you're working baby gear or furniture or any, like, any, any place that you're considered a customer service um, associate, like that weird-ass term that people yeah. use, if you can just engage a customer in a conversation, you mm-hmm. could talk to them for hours. And, like, your Gina. boss... Right. Your, yeah, yeah. We had a, we had a worker. Right. Maybe we'll bleep the name out because... Anyway. But, like... <laughs> Your boss won't come bother you because they think that you're helping a customer mm-hmm. with whatever. But you could be sitting there talking to them like, yeah, and I, you know, I, I just um, just got a new vacuum cleaner and I'm thinking about buying, you know, like you could just be boring the hell out of them. And yeah. if they won't get rid of you, you could waste your whole shift on that, which is just a great thing. 
Um, now, as a cashier, yeah. that's the opposite. Yeah, and you can't I, get away yeah. with that. No, you can't because the goal is to get people through the line. But in baby gear, I will say that's where they sent the smart and like gregarious people because you can talk to people and they're the most easily located because anytime someone's looking for someone, they just go there. Yeah. So yeah. I will say baby gear is the, the charismatic people. Charismatic, but maybe not the prettiest people. Sure, sure. Can't win them all. You can't have brains and look shake. You only That's get true. one or the other. But, one or uh, the other. What about what? What is the strollers? That's baby gear. Is that baby gear? Baby like, gear was uh, strollers, so, uh, car seats, and like the um, pack and plays. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then furniture is so like the gonna, cribs yeah. and the uh, the rocking yeah. like the what are those chairs Rockers. called? Chairs. Yeah. Rockers. Yeah. I, I, man, I could talk for hours and hours about Babies R Us, and I promise I won't, but maybe I will. No, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but the funny thing was is that I guess, like, right before we started working at Babies R Us, like, um, infant, like, items, like, gear and furniture and stuff went through, like, a revamp where there was, like, national upgrades on what the standards were for a crib or a car seat or whatever. And they used to be like death traps where it was like, like really like just low standards. And then they got upgraded. So like when we were working there, if you came in and bought something from us, they were like up to really high standards. So if you bought the cheapest thing possible or the most expensive thing, it's like really high quality, like designed to not kill your baby. And We'd have people come in and like when you're a first time parent, which I am not, uh, but Matt is, you're super terrified for your kid. And like, I got to get the best stuff for the kid. And Matt, I want you to speak on this in a second. But we also would have like veteran parents come and be like, "Uh, yeah, we have this like supermodel over here. And the the parent would be like, nah, give me the cheapest thing. I know you're, I know it's all like passing, you know. The standards. So honestly, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not it's not as much as the salesperson does it to you anymore. It's like the Pinterest and the Instagram and your wife's mm-hmm. friends, the so mommy bloggers. I will tell you this right fucking now, and I hope everyone listens. Okay, so there is a uh, a type of stroller, right? Um, mm-hmm. I won't say the brand name of it, but it's over a thousand dollars. Right. And this stroller that's over a thousand dollars doesn't even come with a baby seat. Right. It doesn't even come with the car seat. Right. So not only do you have to pay twelve hundred dollars for this stroller. Right. Then you have to pay another four hundred five hundred dollars for the car seat to match it. My wife thought that we were going to be getting one of those. And I told her, I was like, you're out of your fucking mind. We're going with the $400 Graco that has a car seat included. And this thing we can beat the dog shit out of. And then we still be good, which is what we yeah. did. So there you go. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a lot of pressure. And it's something that you saw working at baby stores is yeah. how often people are coming in. It's like, well, my friends are getting this. And they kind of get the sticker shock over it. There's a lot of pressure in mommy groups to be yeah. and have the best of the best and, you know, really – uh, keep up with the Joneses, yeah. I guess. And a lot of times you don't need to that, you know, those $400 yeah. uh, convertible things will do exactly yeah. what you need. And, and you only so. need it for however long. Yeah, like an infant you know, seat only like- lasts up to like 11 months or something like that. So like, 
You know, yeah. that that's insane. And and we always, uh, me and the guys back in baby gear, we always talked about the two <laughs> levels of like safety, which as we just discussed is if you're going to buy like a modern seat, it's going to have, or a modern piece of equipment for your baby, it's going to have all kinds of standards, making sure it's safe. So that's like already checked off no matter what you buy, but really what the money is spent yeah. on is convenience for the parent. Like, do you want right. to carry this yeah. giant, heavy stroller in and out of your trunk? The trunk is like the most important thing. Your car trunk is like the most important thing for baby gear. Like people would take us out to the parking lot and say, can I try this stroller in my trunk? And we, and there was like all kinds of rules on if we were allowed to like handle their, you know, the stroller and putting it in the trunk and stuff. But like, that was like a big deal, man. It was, it was a really big deal for the convenience for the parent. Otherwise, otherwise screw it, man. It's You know, whatever you buy is going to work. Right. Yeah. All right. So we've, we've done enough with the baby for us gimmick. Let's move on. Okay. Let's move on here. Okay. Moving on, moving up, moving on, and moving on over. Okay. All right, fans, time for a break in the action. We're bringing back our favorite segment. Uh, It's called 90 Seconds of 90 Day Fiance, where we talk about a show on TLC where immigrants try and trick ugly Americans to marry them to get green cards. Our good friend, Party Boy Pete McCormick, is here to tell about some of the awesome stories from that show. Party Boy Pete, what's the story? What's up, party people? This is Party Boy Pete McCormick with 90 Seconds of 90 Day Fiancé, and today we are going to be talking about Nicole and Azen. Nicole's a 19-year-old American chick that would be in my weight class on the wrestling team, and Azen is a 98-pound soaking wet Moroccan boy. He says he's 55% attracted to her, and that is more than 50, more than half. Surprising. Anyway, Azan got caught having phone sex with another American girl, and Nicole was not too happy about it. But it turns out Nicole actually cheated on him, too. Who slept with Nicole? Lord only knows. Her entire existence is just gluttonous lustfulness. Her one for food and penis supersedes anything else going on in her life. She has to satiate her appetites at any cost, and nothing else matters or will get in the way of her need for instant gratification. She provides nothing to society or to the people she has relationships with. She's just a vacuum consuming as much of her desires as she can without producing anything in return. Anyway, I think this one can go the distance, Mac. Back to you. All right. And that was 90 seconds of 90 Day Fiance with a good friend, party boy Pete McCormick. Now, back to the show. So after you got done uh, getting everybody a job at Babies R Us and, and kicking A and taking ends, you began as an intern for mortgage claims. Is that right? That's true. That's true. Okay. I uh, filed paperwork for the claims department at a mortgage company. I'm kind of familiar with uh, claims when it comes to um, like insurance. Mm-hmm. You know, but what is the difference? Like, so what is claims with mortgages? Like, what did that? What does that entail? So it's been a long time since I've done this, but from my memory, claims for mortgages comes in after we've gone through the foreclosure process and we are then going back and paying our, um, you know, our investors like um, REO vendors and um, people that have helped us maintain the property during the foreclosure process. So claims will come in at that point and be like, we've Mm -hmm. paid this much for this house that's been vacated for five months 
and then the different yeah. investors or vendors will start paying us back. Oh, and then yeah. so you were like, and then so you were essentially like they were like showing you the ropes while you were doing the paperwork. Right. But it was it was kind of like, you know, you were kind of like getting it's almost like you're getting your foot in the door. You're kind of like eating some mm -hmm. crow and like kind of doing the grunt work, but also learning a ton at the same time. Right. Yeah, exactly. It, it actually was really beneficial to my career development from that point because I learned, um, yeah. you know, kind of the bitch work <laughs> of doing like a corporate sure. job. I, I think um, to do that. Yeah, but I also learned a lot about the mortgage industry at that time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I started doing this job as we were recovering from the mortgage bubble. Um, so there were a lot of crises happening all over the place. And, you know, we were still kind of in it at that point. Um, mm -hmm. So there was constantly things where it's like, okay, well, we can't do any this anymore. There's new laws. We have to do this. So that kind of caught me up to speed on the heavily regulated atmosphere of mortgages. So a uh, quick question for those uh, listeners who aren't geniuses. Uh, what do you mean when you say mortgage bubble? Oh God. Um, <laughs> so this is not going to sound very smart because it's, it's a very complex issue, but basically what happened is we had a big period in America of financial mm -hmm. security um, mm -hmm. and we were giving credit left and right for places and um, people were getting loans for things that maybe normally they wouldn't have. And then it happened right. that we had this huge economic collapse and people were losing their jobs um, uh, or yeah. other things were happening and they just couldn't afford the houses anymore. Mm -hmm. So there was this big credit boom with not a lot to support it. And I'm sure uh, there are other people with economic degrees that can explain it better than I can. No, um, I but like from my uh, basic English major understanding, that's kind of what happened. We shelled it out and didn't get so it back. Matt, yeah. Yeah, they back then, yeah. a couple of schlubs like me and Matt could have gotten a mortgage. Because they were just handing them out mm -hmm. like hotcakes, like Cracker Jack, well, and, and, right. and then when the uh, when the bill was due, we were like, "Oh crap, uh, we're not gonna we're gonna we're gonna split town and not pay this." Yeah. And then there was a bunch of, people who yeah. had right. a bunch of money right. invested in that, and then they got screwed over mm -hmm. because right. you know the bill came due. Screwing the man. Yes. Right, and a lot of companies, a lot of mortgage companies, got in trouble for robo signing where. Um, to kind of get themselves out of that bubble, they were just um, signing off on bankruptcy paperwork for people without actually looking mm. through it. So they were just basically stamping it and yeah. passing it through and just stamping everything. Um, so that kind of led to it. And that led to a lot of organizations having um, a lot of legal issues. So now this is where, um, you know, the as I mentioned in the thing, Jamie's intellect comes into play here because. <laughs> what what needs to be mentioned is Jamie. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you took this on right after college, or during college, or mm -hmm. right after college. It was okay. It was right after. And Jamie, Jamie was an English major mm -hmm. in college, which means she was a weirdo, <laughs> and yes. a lot. And as I as a she just my coast as, as a history major, um, I know the pain in trying to figure out how to have a career after you go to college for a degree that is, uh, let's say, not exactly ideal. Um, history <laughs> yeah. majors is liberal arts yes, degree. Right? I, I think that history majors take the take the belt for that because you know English majors, at least you know you're dealing you're in a, a country that speaks the English language. And people might wonder, like, right. hey, how the hell do I get a job with a with an English degree? And you have yeah. like a perfect example of that. For if it's if it's what I think it is, you know, my brain thinking you got a job 
in a company with mortgages and a bunch of contracts and stuff. And it was you were able to use your degree in a in a way that actually valued the ability to look at contracts and 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 verbiage and actually discern what it means. Is is this yeah. correct or am I off base here? You're sort of, it's kind of a combination. I got very lucky that my mom worked at this company and saw an opening for an internship. Mm -hmm. Um, I applied for it. My mom wasn't very well known at the company and I never put her down as a reference or anything. So I got this internship completely on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, But while I was there, I saw that there was an opening for a procedure writer in a different department. Um, Again, they were just taking like level ones, like very basic. Um, But what it required- Totally basic. Yeah, what it required was going through these spreadsheets of all the changing regulations, reading through it and getting with each department that I thought that it impacted and figuring out if their documentation was up to speed or if they needed to get with their departments and update it. So basically, I got my foot in the door um, as, you know, a lot of very lucky people do. I had someone in on the inside. Um, but from there I moved over on my own accord and, um, I was able to go in and read through all this legalese and be like, okay, this impacts the foreclosure department. This is what they need. Mm -hmm. And then get on the call with them and say, this is what your procedures say. I don't think that it matches. Um, what do you think? Um, which is actually really crazy because I know people, at my current job where that's their entire job and they're getting paid much more than I was getting paid (laughs) at that point. Um, But back in 2012, that was a relatively new thing, like this deep look at procedures and making sure that there was appropriate documentation for people Mm -hmm. doing their job. So it was still new. Um, But yeah, it it really came down to, I had a minor in technical writing. So it really came down to that ability to read things that don't make sense and try to figure it out. I, I had a whole semester where I had to learn middle English. Um, so I can kind of weed through things and try to make Man. sense of them. And that came that from my I education. That speaks middle earth. That's <laughs> yeah. no, but that honestly, dude, that's like such like a success story for, like you said, people with liberal arts degrees, Agreed. And it's, man, this is such a bigger discussion about our society and like what gets really rewarded is. with money these days and, and specialization and, you know, the fact that like just being a Renaissance man or woman is, is being like erased from our country. And when you, when you're done right. high school and you're a kid, you know, you're still a kid. And I, I, I took the long route, the scenic route through college. I didn't graduate until I was 27 or 28, but like, oh, you but the thing boy. is, is like, Kids should be given an option, given an option to go to college for whatever the hell they want, and worry about making it financially feasible later. Right, absolutely. And, and you know, you talked about the housing crisis, mm-hmm. and now we're hit with you know the student loan crisis, and people are talking about student loan forgiveness, make it disappear, make it you know. Wh- what we're looking for is an ability to have like a full, well-rounded, robust society here. And not just a bunch of, you know, mm-hmm. people that right. do the same job over and over again, you know, and, and I think that, you know, yeah. you, you making that work is, is really a cool thing because, you know, I, I got a job, I got a, a degree in history and I ain't working with my history to degree right now. You know? <laughs> like, I, I went yeah. to marketing pretty quickly I... after that. So. <laughs> 
It's not to say you didn't, though, Shake. It's not to say you didn't. You were teaching mm-hmm. for a little bit with your history. Right. But that, I mean, that's yeah. that's an education you know. certification. Right. But when it comes to liberal arts degrees, a lot of people, when you tell them what you're doing, they're like, oh, are you going to be a teacher? Mm-hmm. That's everyone's go-to thought when it doesn't have something tangible, like in the STEM or trades, everyone's like, oh, are you going to be a teacher? Yeah. And I knew going into it that I, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to have to worry. I, I knew the trials that teachers go to. And I was like, I, I can't do mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. But I, you brought up a really good point about these kids having to pick their stuff that they're doing right away. Um, when I was applying to college, I was selecting genetics and I wanted to go in order to be a genetic engineer. Um, uh. <laughs> and Bloomsburg, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. And Bloomsburg luckily made us do one year of gen ed classes um, mm-hmm. which helped us in the long run. You got all your gen eds out mm-hmm. of the way, but it made me really sit there and think like, I can't do these college level statistics or chem classes. Like that's not my wheelhouse, but I can do English. And luckily they had that technical writing minor where I was like, nice. this is what I can do. I can type smart. I can, I can make my words yeah. make sense in a way for and other people to read it. Than, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And save, so. save your ass in the long run. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Good for you. All and yeah. plus too, it's not to be said also that it didn't come with like work. Like, you know, one of the things you mentioned is that your mom worked at the mortgage company before. Mm-hmm. She got you, she didn't get you a job. She got you an interview. You got yourself the job and then you got everything else after that on your own. And don't forget that because that's something you should be proud of that you earned. And college did teach you some things where it's like it teach it does teach you to be adult and accept responsibility, but it also like a work ethic has to be, I think everyone should learn a work ethic because that's really what it is. You can be put into a mortgage place and taught anything, but if you're, and, if, and you can have like the highest degrees of whatever, but if you're a lazy shit and it doesn't matter, you know what I mean? Like you can be, you can be someone that's been expelled from two high schools and put into somewhere, you know, and if you work, if you're willing to work and commit, then you can do things, you know what I'm saying? So, all right, but enough of that bullshit all right so let's i'm just kidding so enough of talking about that (laughs) all right so uh after you so you were an intern at for the mortgage claims for like a year then you were full-time for a year then they did some downsizing then uh the boss from there right she opened up her own kind of thing and she brought you over right she saw like well she saw like she saw the talent and recognized the work ethic and was like, look, I'm keeping you and we're going, I'm <laughs> drafting you. You drafted first round. We're going over. And that's when you started as a procedure analyst. Is that right? Yep. Uh, a little correction. It was actually just a subject matter expert from another department that I was working with um, that she got well, hired at this other company. <laughs> no, it's an easy mistake because she was a manager in another department, mm-hmm. but we worked together on some things and, um, there were, there was also some known as a, as an SME shape. An SME. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Yeah. For you dummies on the call. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's not a call. It's a virtual. Oh, sorry. It's a viral call. <laughs> um okay so all right yeah so so i worked so the sme like started a new thing saw the talent recognized the the work ethic and said i'm bringing this 
at, you know, BSD with me and I'm going to make her a procedure analyst. Is That's that right? true. She brought me over. I was her first hire and I've been with that organization ever since. Um, I'm now a supervisor um, of that department. I've been there for about, about seven years. So I'm a supervisor now. Um, I currently seven years. That's yep. awesome to do, to become a supervisor in seven years. You really are a BSD. Look at you. I try really hard. I, I, you know, we were talking earlier about a work ethic and, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, this is something I say to me, my team all the time. I can give you the tools. I can't make you want it. Um, yeah. and yeah. I wanted it. I wanted it really hard. And part of that is because I'm very competitive. There were some other people in my department that, um, you know, we were both going, we were all going head to head with each other. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I'm just a very competitive person. And I was like, I'm, I don't want to be the end of the line. I don't mind if I'm middle. I just don't want to be the the last in the race. So, um, yeah, yeah it, it's been a really good time. I really enjoy my work there. And that is good. I'm very but, so excited. going to going to a supervisor role, what are some of the challenges you face with like leadership? Because I'm not going to lie, like mm -hmm. when and it was described to me like this, when you become a supervisor in an office, you have the gun pointed at your head and your job is not to give everyone bullets to put in the gun. Oh right. God. So like yeah. you're just yeah, <laughs> like you're putting like you're putting out fires, you're watching your P's and Q's, like mm -hmm. you're doing your thing. So like what kind of like initial challenges did you face when becoming a supervisor? Because that is a tough role, you know, like yeah. especially are you a are you a supervisor of people that are older than you? Yes, I am. Actually. Oh, you oh, so they're yeah. always going to look at you like this little squirt doesn't know. Yeah. Yet. You know what I mean? So go ahead. Part of the problem that I have had transitioning into this role is that every person on my team I worked with before my promotion, um, our team hasn't lost anybody or gained any new employees in the past probably three years. We've been pretty solid. Um, so I had a really rough transition um, being peers with these people. And then all of a sudden they're reporting into me and answering to me. Um, so that was, that was really hard. Um, especially there's one woman, um, who is uh, close to my mom's age, I guess. Yeah. And we always sort of had that, um, a different yeah. type of relationship. Um, she and I saw each other eye to eye on a lot of things in our personal life and talked a lot about it. And then all of a sudden she was reporting into me and Whoa. that relationship kind of had to change. And that was a really, yeah. really hard uh, transition. Wow. So that is tough. when that you is got tough. into this role, did, did uh -huh. one of your higher ups ask you about your ability to handle it? Like, did they warn you? Was there anything? Um, <laughs> so the way this happened is kind of, weird. Um, we, I've had the same boss, um, not I've had, I had the same boss for about six years. Um, no, I guess it was five years, closer to five years. And it got to a point where she got moved into to new leadership and things got really bad for the department. Um, and, uh, people were scared to come in and ask for a time off. And, you know, we would come in every day and not know what kind of boss we were getting. If she was going to be the nice person that would come out and chat mm -hmm. with you, or the one that would kind of like huff and roll her eyes if you went to like talk. Um, so it got to a point where I kind of had a relationship with our chief compliance officer, yeah. um, just professionally. And I asked to schedule a meeting with her and I kind of aired my concerns. 
And I said, like, I don't want to throw her under the bus, but there needs to be a change here. And we're at risk of losing really good people. And she asked for a month. She was like, just give me a month and I'll fix this. And the day came and all of a sudden our boss was called to another uh, meeting at another building. And at the same time, the chief compliance officer and this other person that my boss was reporting to was in our office. And I was like, Oh, something's not right. Um, Mm. They called me in first and they let me know she wasn't let go. She was just moved to another department. Um, She wasn't given a demotion. She's still at the same level, um, just transitioned a little bit. And they let me know that this is what was happening. Um, they told me that they were planning on making me a supervisor and this is who they wanted to be my direct reports. And was I okay with it? Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, but who's my boss? Like what's happening with, you know, half the team came to me and half the other team. I was like, what's going on with these guys? So we got a new boss. And then all of a sudden it was in a day, uh, everything's completely uprooted. Yeah. So I wasn't really asked if I was okay. I was asked if there's anybody that I would want to move to the other team before they communicated no. it. But no, it's it's really um, it's really easy to draw a line from this situation that you're in mm. with, yeah. you know, being a, a captain of the cheerleading team just because there's an mm-hmm. obvious um, you know, separation of people's roles, but also you being in on the higher end of that, you you have to see the value in other people and say like, you know, maybe this right. person like you said like doesn't you know, they they might not be acting as the mm-hmm. like the best little soldier, but at the same time, they have a specific value that they bring to the team. And if that value was a hundred percent gone immediately, you guys would be screwed. So how do I how do I manage this person right. and make it okay, or at least put myself in a position where if it's not okay and they are gone one day, we're not screwed. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's the kind of thing that like. I don't know. It's just, it, it seems like it would be really tough to like, to make that work. Agreed. It is. Yeah, it is hard agreed. to get there, um, especially having those like prior relationships. But one thing that I tried to do as soon as I came into this position is it's a blank slate. I don't care what happened with our last manager um, from mm-hmm. this point on. It's completely new and our relationship yeah. is brand new. Um, and I really try to advocate for my team and I don't yeah. allow people to come in and speak to them certain like I have to play the game yeah. um, like with office politics, but I don't stand you for protect anybody. your guys. Yeah, yeah, I don't stand for anybody talking down to them like they don't matter because they're not at the same level as somebody else or they're asking questions that maybe they don't understand and other people do because they're in the day to day job. I it's my job to protect them yeah. from that. And it's my job to stand up for them. And I think that that has helped me come a long way. Um, Good. They I see think that you have their back and that's, yeah. that's huge coming from someone. Yeah. Knowing that your supervisor has your back and is willing to go to bat for you that I'd say that means a lot. And that's for, I think, and that's in any role, you know, and knowing that you have that, they must be very, like, cause there are some supervisors that they'll just throw you right under the bus. Right. They do not care. But knowing that, like, you'll take the heat and all that stuff, that's a sign of a good leader. And that's good for you, you know? Good for you. Yeah, I really try. (laughs) Yeah, and you care about your job. I can tell by talking to you Mm -hmm. that, like, there's a lot of people in office jobs that they just don't care, you know? And they're just coasting and doing the very minimal. But, like, you, you fought for a position and you care about your job and you care about doing a good job. That hasn't, Mm -hmm. that shouldn't be understated. I feel like 
one of the things that millennials get shit on the most, you know, is because like, they're just trying like some, you know, and I'm brought, I'm generalizing, but this is a lot of people. You don't have to be a millennial. It's a lot of people where there's people that are like, they'll, they'll do the least, they'll complain the most and they'll expect everything. Right. Right. Where it's like, that's not how it works. Right. You got to out, you got to outwork, you got to out hustle. Right. And you got to be committed and sacrifice and things like that. And right. that's how you get ahead. You know, and then when you are in a leadership role, you need to be able to sacrifice for your team, not the other way around. So yeah. it's glad to hear that you have that kind of passion and drive. And that's awesome. So we, having said that, you've been doing a great job. Really proud to hear that you do that. But I want to move on a little bit because I okay. want to talk about some other things. Okay. So you're, we've talked about how your dad's the best and your mom's pretty awesome. And we can't wait to have your dad on the show <laughs> if he wants to come on. Right. Shout out. Shout out, Mr. Yerk. We're the looking for you, pal. Hit us up. We'll schedule you. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get you on here. Um, but uh, so one of your hobbies that you're doing now, and people can't see this on here, but Jamie looks great. She's lost a ton of weight in this pandemic. She's been working out. All you single guys out there, uh, look her up. Look her you know? up. <laughs> she's uh, she's ready. You can find me on Instagram at Jamie Yerk. <laughs> Hey, there you well, go. it's not the yeah. yellow pages, uh, but yeah, uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, single and ready to mingle. But so she loves working out, reading, and she's been doing some painting as of yeah. late. Jamie, please, please uh, tell us about the painting. What got you interested in it, and how's it been going so far? <laughs> um, so I've been watercolor painting. Um, I've started maybe a year ago at the beginning of the pandemic because I needed something. Uh, to kind of keep my mind off of living alone. I'm no, not good not at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not good at it at no all. No, no one is. No one is good at painting. It's all bullshit. I've never <laughs> been to, I've been to the Philadelphia Art Museum and all this happy horse shit. I saw Cezanne's exhibit, fucking, ooh, Cezanne, right? Don't talk Went smack there, on Cezanne. All of it sucked. All of it. <laughs> lay off my sucked. Frenchman. I never looked at a painting was looking at the painting right and i'm like wow i paid a hundred dollars to see this like mm. you know I, I mean also can you uh, it, uh, either way so not impressed some artwork yeah maybe there is some artwork that's good i have yet to see it but then again i'm not an art connoisseur <laughs> all right but either way jamie i'm sure your pictures are fantastic uh what is the best one you've drawn so far um, I've done a snail. Oh my that. god! So I'm very wow. proud of my snail. Yeah. What, what did you name the snail? Oh, I didn't name it yet, but I feel like I should oh. now. Wait, so. uh, did you not name the art piece? No, okay. because I didn't what? think it was very good. Come on. <laughs> I just didn't think it was very good. Your best work is a snail that you don't think is good enough to name. It's not name the no. damn snail you, and the artwork. My. Yeah. Fellas, yeah. I'm telling you, and lady, my goal is to one day get to a point where I'm painting a tree that looks like a tree, where somebody could look Ooh. at that and go, that's probably a pine tree. That's, a, that's, that's a my goal. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, so just to give you a... <laughs> Yeah. So just to give you like a guidepost for my skill there, I don't paint trees that look well, like we trees. will with <laughs> you need to agree to this right now that you will provide a photo of yep. this artwork so we can put it on our Instagram I'm for sure. Will. And we will influence you sure into will. a career in art. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, I'll and, start and, selling and, them and on and Etsy. You're welcome in advance. In wrestling terms, 
Yep. <laughs> Thanks. Thank yeah. you. To the dozens and dozens <laughs> of the Working Perspective podcast team. So, the working okay. podcast, the working yeah. perspectives podcast on Instagram. Oh my god, <laughs> on Instagram and on YouTube <laughs> and all the podcast platforms on Spotify. The working perspectives podcast on Good Twitter. Lord. Working P Pod. Yep. This come, is come, come find my this snail. Is, <laughs> this is <laughs> oh boy. This is sense yeah, overload. <laughs> Sensory overload. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this back onto the rails real quick. Um, speaking of artists, um, and Matt was saying that there's no good painters out there. Um, I want to mention a little someone real quick because they did. They, I've been waiting to do this for a long time. The uh, the music that you hear on this podcast is created, except oh, yeah. for the uh, intro and outro music, which is just generated from GarageBand. To be honest with you. Um, the music that you hear otherwise on this podcast is created by none other than my good bud, uh, Eric Dahl. And we have not given him any credit for his music and we use it. We use it. We work it like a drum, no pun intended, but thank you, Eric, for, for your awesome music and the people out there would love to hear you, uh, put it on Bandcamp or whatever the hell Spotify, whatever people put it on now. Eric, uh, he needs to put his music out there because it sounds fantastic. Yeah. Hey, let's do. Let's have our fans do a, a Twitter rush if we what, can even do that. What's Twitter rush? What's his Twitter? He doesn't have. You know? He's not on social media in any way. He's like a. He's like a hermit out in the woods, the woods of, of Maryland. The best oh artists God. are. The best artists are. He's drumming up demand. Yeah. I already loved Eric. I already loved him to death, but now I fucking yeah. love him. Man. Yeah. He's not on. Any- yeah. God and damn it, I love him. Eric, great music, Eric. Yes. Great, great. And we'll great, step great off of this, but it should be mentioned that Eric and Matt have a lifelong uh, duel going on about Braveheart. I think that yeah, I like Braveheart. the movie Braveheart, Matt and yeah. Eric got in a fight about it maybe, I don't know, 16 years ago. Argu- argu- okay. Jake, it was an argument. It was no a fight. Was- no, it was, it was a fist fight with, with no connections. Yeah, it was an argument. Just air punches. We were talking. Yeah. No, there was no punches or anything thrown. It was, it was a couple of young men drinking, talking about Braveheart. And it came up that, you know, who's a bigger Braveheart fan? And I said, I was. And he said, no, he was. And then it just escalated into something so stupid. More's the pity. Your island. You mean Ireland? Yeah, it's mine. You're a madman. <laughs> I've come to the right place now. <laughs> but I mean, to be fair, I am the I am a bigger Braveheart well, fan. I don't know. Matt, do you remember what his what his but... argument was? Is that, no. this is great? His mom is an obsessive Mel Gibson fan. And like watch it has like on VHS every Mel Gibson movie since the beginning of time. So he great woman. She's yeah, great woman. yeah. So he so he was uh, obviously early on the train of Braveheart, which I guess we all were. Braveheart didn't really sneak up on people. We all were, no. except for Joe, who probably hasn't seen. I was, I was, I was ten years old when Braveheart came out, and my dad took us to see it in theaters. Five <laughs> yeah. Just saying, that's incredible. Just saying. 
Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen Bray Wyatt. Well, then you need to grow the fuck up, Jamie. You know what? We knew that we could tip Matt off, and this is how we did it, man. We knew that we could push his buttons. The time would come. I texted Jamie before the podcast, and I said, tell Matt you haven't seen Braveheart. Fucking Bohemian Rhapsody. You've seen Bohemian Rhapsody, but you haven't seen Braveheart. Yeah. Christ's sake. I knew right, that I needed so... one thing to let you down with, so I just held on <laughs> to that all these years. Yeah, well, mission, mission fucking accomplished. <laughs> all righty. So, okay, let's keep going. Um, so, also, besides the painting, the working out, and, mm-hmm. you know, just being a stud, getting your mental sweat in with some reading, mm-hmm. you also do some traveling. Is that right? You've done some traveling by yourself so traveling alone or what do they call it Did I say yeah that? solo okay. travel i don't know if solo that's a technical travel. name yep. but that's yep. what i like that's... to call it yeah yep. um, solo travel mm-hmm. so where have you been and what'd you do and uh and how was it um my first trip i went to london um i guess that was Ooh. 2017 Ain't my first trip easy. alone i will say um yeah. and it was basically it was basically one of those like fu things. I wanted to do it, and for years I couldn't. So I decided to do it one day. Oh, yeah. Good for you. Um, Good for you. Yeah, it was great. Since it was my first trip, I booked this like really bougie hotel with like a doorman yeah, and everything. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how I like the role. Hell yeah. Yeah. Spend it. You know? <laughs> um, I figured that's what made my mom feel safest. Um, sure. Because there was so someone monitoring who was coming and going. Um, yeah. But it was great. I did all my favorite things. I got to see the Tower of London and see the spot where Ed oh. Boleyn had her head chopped off, which is the whole reason oh. I wanted to go. Totally. I know. It sounds grim, yeah. but I love Henry VIII. So that was a yeah, great <laughs> right. Tutors, right? Right. Tutors. Total ladies, man. Yeah. I could talk. Yeah, I could talk forever about Henry VIII and the impact on like religion and politics between Ireland and England, but I won't get into it. <laughs> Um, I mean, that's but, actually something that would be great for like a side segment with you and shake because he's a history sure. buff and, and I would love to hear it just cause I love history too. And I'm into all that stuff. So, okay. So you were too much hanging for today, out. You, saw, <laughs> you saw the shooters, uh, where mm-hmm. else have you been? Even not solo. Where else have you been? Um, I went to Paris for a school trip. Um, ah. I also did a study abroad in Galway, which was uh, Galway, Ireland, which mm. was really cool. I did that for a summer. Very cool. Yeah, that was Emerald really cool. Got to mention the Steve yeah, Rose song if you're, gonna, if you're going to mention Galway. Please do. Galway girl, yeah. From time. what is it? P.S. I love yeah. you. Yeah, but I want you to sing mm. it. So it, all right, prepare yourself. Uh, I, I don't know if he does, oh, but Galway it was girl. written and performed by Steve Earle, one of the greats. Yeah, one of the. All right, shake. Uh, okay, uh, this is shake. Performing Galway Girl by Steve Earle. <clears throat> Here we go. That took a stroll on the old one. And then I'll match it. Match it. So I'm going to edit in this yeah, yeah, girl. Right now. We'll start to talk. Find something. And I ask your friend, what's a fella to do? We're halfway there when the rain came down on the day I 
Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That was one of my better renditions. Great. Great job. I doubt it. Um, Honestly, just spot on. Spot on. Jamie, had you watched the Richard Linklater before sunset, after sunset movies, before you went to Europe? Oh, my God. Have you not seen these movies? Oh. Never, I'm gonna say okay. pretty confident. I'm well, then I'm pretty. I'm Richard, he's the guy that made Dazed and Confused and Boyhood, and and yeah. he's one of the greatest. Oh, wait, didn't we see, didn't we see everybody wants some? Yeah, together, the baseball. He's yeah, one of the he's one of the most me, important filmmakers me, of the past like 20 years, anyway. Um, he made okay. a series of movies called Before Sunset, After Sunset, um, and then there's one, one more, and they are just incredible movies about a couple they're not a couple it's two people in europe who happen upon each other and it's just a love story about like they meet on a train and all right i have an admittedly insane idea but if i don't ask you this it's just gonna haunt me the rest of my life i have no idea what your situation is but i feel like we have some kind of uh, connection right yeah me too great so listen here's the deal this is what we should do you should get off the train with me here in vienna and come check out the town we just got into vienna today and we're looking for something fun to do it's pregnancy english yeah of course yeah because uh, we speak german for a change now i'm gonna call my best friend in paris who i'm supposed to have lunch with in eight hours okay okay ring ring pick up the phone uh oh, hello i don't think i'm gonna be able to make it for lunch today i'm sorry I met a guy on the train, and I got off with him in Vienna. We're still there. Are you crazy? Probably. You know, will they, won't they? It is not. Sounds like every girl's dream. It is not. It's Ethan, Ethan Hawke, who also is every girl's dream, and and Julie Delpy. Yeah, and Julie Delpy is her name, I think. Um, she's just a, she's an actress, you know. Working okay. the act, yeah. acting one of, gig, one of those. Um, but it's considered yeah. uh, a, a really, really uh, revolutionary like love story because we've all like, you know, we've all seen the rom coms, and then this thing takes it to another level. Anyway, recommendation, people, listen, watch these movies. Oh, that's truly dope. I've got a list of things to watch. I'll have to throw mm, it. Watch it before. Yeah, Braveheart. No, watch it before Braveheart. Before Brave, it's okay. gonna go before Braveheart. <laughs> well, Braveheart's also a two VHS set, so you know these movies are a little oh. shorter. I mean, it's it, does anyone does anyone have that? I feel like I feel like I know the basic of Braveheart. Sorry, Matt. Moving on. Yeah. Okay. No, you can. Yeah, the basic of Braveheart. Braveheart. Sorry. The the basic Freedom. of Braveheart. It's is the story of Queen, uh, right? Yeah, like Freddie Mercury man. and. <laughs> 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 that's exactly it. That's, I heard everything. Oh, Jake, you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, that might be the funniest thing you fucking said. Oh, anyway, no, uh, it's the story. 
of a rebel with a heart and a warrior poet and a guy with a red hair that fucking swang an axe like a motherfucker. And it was awesome. And an Irish guy named Steven, who was really cool. It was great. Okay. So either way, we're moving on. Yeah. We're moving on. Right. And now we're going to get to the hard hit shit. All right. This ain't for the fucking, ain't for the weak at heart. Strap up, nut up or shut up. We're getting to some questions. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. First question is, what was your favorite movie at the age of 10? Mary-Kate and Ashley's Billboard Dad. Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen are back in their ultimate California adventure. What's the next? at the beach, hanging by the pool. He's a hunkosaurus. And finding a dream date for their single dad. A personal ad on a billboard? The whole city would see it. It's matchmaking the way only the Olsons can do it. Very hip, very now, very cutting edge. Don't miss the fun. Don't miss the excitement. Don't miss the laughs. I'm liking this. Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen star in their most awesome movie ever. That's so cool. Billboard Dad. So. No. Whoa. 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 Blown away. Blown, blown away. So yep. Full House, That's big Full House fan. Yeah, out. for sure. Mary-Kate and Ashley yeah. from the day I was born to the day I died. <laughs> Their sister is going now. And act love her. Give me Annie Olsen and I'm in. Yeah, how about that? Olsen's all the time. Yeah, that's what she's saying. Yeah. All time Olsen. I'm with you. She's there. in a, okay. a movie called uh, Wind River that's very good. Jeremy Renner movie. I haven't Wait. seen that one. Oh, yeah. I wanted to see that. Uh, not as good? good. It's made by the guy who made Hell or High Water, um, which is a superior movie. Oh, love that film. But the end great of flick. Wind River is very good. Um, and Jeremy Renner gives a great okay. performance. Anyway, sorry. I keep interrupting with these things. I like Jeremy Renner. I mean, okay. what would you say? Wind River is better than Billboard I, Dad, or I, no? I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't Hard even no. begin no to make a statement like that because I haven't seen Billboard Dad. But it's a great. It's a great title. Well, I mean, what oh, is the What is the premise of oh, Billboard Dad? <laughs> oh yeah, my god! Uh, let me. Can I guess? Yeah. Real quick? Yeah. Guess. Yeah. Okay. We're each gonna guess. Okay. So the premise of Billboard Dad: You have two girls, right? Mm-hmm. And their mom is divorced, or their dad's out of the picture. Right. And they want their mom to get remarried or get hooked up with someone else. And they drive by a bill or they put up a billboard. They put up a billboard asking for someone to date their mom on the billboard. Mm -hmm. And then all these guys come up. And then the one guy, none of the guys actually make it that tried to come in. But she finds another guy that's like a janitor at a, and he wants to own his own restaurant someday or some bullshit like that. Mm-hmm. And he wants to own up his own photography studio or something stupid. And then she ends up falling for him and the girls kind of make it happen. Is that anywhere close? Tom, where do you okay. weigh in on this? My yeah, guess is similar. Are you on board or off I'm board? slightly on board, okay. but I have a, a different take on it. My prediction is, is that okay. it's the two girls and their single mom. Dad's out of the picture. Never met him. Okay. Uh, no idea who the hell he was. He's a shit. He's locked up in just never, never around no idea who the hell he is but yeah. they drive by a billboard every day of some real estate executive like big time hot shot guy and he's real handsome Ooh, and like the two girls to. develop a scheme saying you know our mom is so lonely and she deserves a good yeah. guy 
And she always talks about how great our dad was. And let me set these two up. So we're going to take and and set them up. And uh, the mom, it it turns out that this is their dad. Um, Overall, this is their dad. And wow. Wow. Kickflip yeah. right there. Wow. That was wow. Big, big. The movie ends there. with a billboard with the whole family in on the billboard, hugging wow. each other, arm in arm. Wow. I mean, if, if that's not the movie, that's, they need to make that. That's movie. touching. Yeah. That. So, so Jamie, happen. lay it down for us. What the hell um, happens in this in this awesome? Yeah. Movie? So you're both kind of right and also very wrong. Um. <laughs> so there's twins. Their mom is yeah. dead. She died. Yeah, their dad is an artist. Their dad is an artist. One of them is a diver, and the other one is too scared to dive. She doesn't like the high dive. She's too scared. And they put a billboard with their dad and sent him up on these blind dates, and eventually he meets this lady. Um, And there's a long-haired, like, shaggy boy. I think he does skateboarding for some reason. I don't know how he plays in anymore. Eventually the dad meets the lady that calls because of the billboard. And, um, they meet, they come together and then they fall apart, but then they come back together again yeah. and they're all one happy family. Well, yeah. if that's not love. I don't and know. And the nineties strike again, so man. That, only in the nineties yeah, do you have a movie true. where for, for whatever reason, these girls have like a very important, <laughs> what is it? Diving? Like they're. Yes, they diving. Money to yeah. Diving. For some reason, that's a big part of the movie is them diving, you know? <laughs> yeah. I specifically remember the one being too scared to go, and she looks down and she looks at how high it is, and then she gets off because hey, she's too you guys, scared. Did they, so. did they ever say how they got the money to get the guy on the billboard? Because is this taking place in LA? Probably. It's warm all the time. Yeah. So LA, right? And you're mm-hmm. looking like the, I guess you guys would know better, That's but true. a billboard in LA has to be astronomical. Yeah. So, how are these chicks? What are they selling? Diving lessons Santa or Monica something? Billboard. Like how Santa Monica? So yeah, <laughs> to confirm Santa that Monica. is LA. Yeah. <laughs> wow, brilliant recap. Yeah. I mean, does it ever say? Does it does it ever say oh, how they get no. the money? I'm not in that deep, but it no. no. Just because her dad is a rich artist, he's a sculptor. He's oh, a sculptor. he's like a really successful artist. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Okay, I, I'm yeah. picturing him like in like a garage jamie no offense but i'm picturing no, him painting a snail in the garage <laughs> <laughs> he probably sculpted it yeah. oh that's right he's a sculptor <laughs> sorry Ooh, little swayze yeah. vibe going on there <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah a little ghost action i'm sure that's what he was looking for with a dead wife uh, either way Either way, so let's uh, let's keep it moving. Question number two. Good job on question number one. Little mm-hmm. hard hitting, but you handled it nicely. Yeah. Question numero dos. All right. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite movie right now? Mama Mia with Amanda Seyfried and Meryl oh, Streep. Mama Mia. That one. Yep. Here we go again. For sure, it's got Pierce Brosnan, Colin Firth, Stellan Skarsgård, Christine Baranski, it's, Julie Walters, mega stars. Basically saying like, hey, it's okay for your mom to sleep around and not know who your dad is, right? Isn't that the premise of the movie? Well, basically, her daughter's sad that she doesn't know her dad, but then at the end, she's like, I love you. I accept all. I accept whatever you did. And these all guys are like, I don't have kids. I'd love to be your dad. And they all just accept all being. Yeah. 
It's about. I just have like a big group kind of thing. Yeah. Group I mean, it's really about the relationship between a mother and a daughter. And anybody that knows me knows how much I love my mom. Shout so out. It's, it's a very. Shout out DJY. Shout out Mrs. <laughs> DJY. <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> She's a professional DJ. DJ Y. Yeah. All right. Well, she's coming on the ones and two. Yeah. I mean, I I told her. I told her. But no, um, it's it's a great movie about the relationship between mothers and daughters. It's set to the soundtrack of ABBA. So where could you go wrong? So, right. Obviously, that's just a. All right. I'm I'm about to commit a major foul here, but. Please do this. No, they don't go to Greece in this one, is it? Is that that's a different movie? They're in Greece. No, they're oh, in okay. Greece. Yeah, it takes place in. No, Greece what about my there. big fat Greek wedding? Isn't that one <laughs> as well? Anyway, that takes place okay. in New York. That's, All right, so yeah. they they're just Greek. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So in this movie, Mamma Mia, they are Americans who mm-hmm. go to Greece on like a vacation. Correct. Yeah. yeah. No, not on a vacation. They live there. They're Amer- Americans they who Greece. move to Greece to live. There. Yes, yeah. and they, they have so, their own private island in the in the Mediterranean, right off the coast of Greece. Is that correct? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's private. It's like a. It's just a small island. I will say there is a sequel called Mamma Mia. Here we go again. That kind of gets into the backstory <laughs> of it. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Both mm. yeah. great, solid movies. Both solid so, movies. But, but I think I've seen the beginning of this movie, um, up until the point where where Pierce comes into play. I, I must have missed out on the the second half or something, but. I always think about movies like this, and it's the truth with rom-coms, and it's the truth with horror movies, where the beginning of the movie is very, like, idyllic, and it's, like, lovely, and Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, we have this wonderful home, it's up in the woods, and then it ends up being haunted or whatever, but, like, the beginning part of it's actually awesome, and in this movie, they're, like, on a, you know, they're not on vacation, you're saying they're living there, but they're on, like, they're on, like, docks and stuff, right? Like, aren't they, like, pulling up in boats and stuff? And I always think, like, man, can you imagine yeah. how much it would, like, in reality, like, how bad I would be at, like, at visiting Greece or at living in Greece? <laughs> like, there would be so many, like, non-romantic, non-fun parts of this. Just me complaining about something. Like a bad cat There's a lot of olives. Or something. Oh, it's Olive City. It has to be Olive Mania. It's yeah. Olive all you your life. Me complaining about the olives, probably. Oh, yeah, if you don't like olives. That would ruin a bit Greek now, and, and Matt has been Matt has ventured to the Aegean. He has he has he has sailed these seas. I was actually at the uh, Adriatic. But. Adriatic Sea. I made, I made a a, a, a what was the term Matt used? Grammatical. Grammatical. I made a grammatical <laughs> geographical mistake. Anyway. <laughs> so, so anyway. Um, Matt, tell us, tell us, man, what what was it really like traveling these beautiful seas over there, over there in the eastern part of Europe? Honestly, honestly, if I would love, right, and I would love, and I would love to have the money to do this, if I could, I would open up all an all inclusive resort on the Adriatic Sea in Albania, right? The food is fantastic the weather's phenomenal the people love america i mean they're just great people their whole culture is like no we want to be known as being very hospitable very respectful very nice right 
culture itself is very morally strong where i've talked about this on other episodes where it's like you know you could be leonardo dicaprio go there and you could go out and like i don't i don't care who you are right brad pitt in his prime whatever you're not getting a one night stand in albania they just don't play that like they're very much morally like you need to like like know the families and everything like that but then as far as like i'm a big history guy they have more castles and more culture there than they know what to do with like they have like i went to like three castles while i was there and i didn't even hit a quarter of them right (laughs) so it's like beautiful mountainous landscapes with like wide valleys and rivers and lakes and then it's on the adriatic sea and they have a saying in albania where that you can read a newspaper 10 meters down in the water because it's crystal clear the food there is like unreal good you know and like they dude i'll tell you what and they can party man like if you go there i would get like the wedding package because it's going to be the best damn thing you've ever been to and it's so much fun so i'm i'm sure i feel like in greece and albania are right next to each other so there is a lot of similarities between like the people and the language and the food and things like that but i don't know for, from what i've heard about greece greece is a great I, place too i'm a man also to be fair <laughs> Yeah, to, to be fair, where where you would be at in Albania, you're like 140 miles or like maybe a two hour ferry ride to Rome, you know, oh. or Venice. So like you're also right there. So if they had something where it's like you had a resort and the resort could take you, you could hit, you know, in one day you can go to Rome or Venice or whatever and come back and stay on the resort or like just go for a boat ride in the Adriatic or something along those lines. Like you're like, that's, you know, that's like a billion dollar idea franchise. Talk to get them to open up there. Let's do it. Uh, you know, now Jade Albania, let's go. You know what I'm saying? I just lost my earpiece, but I feel like something's about to be cut out of this episode. (laughs) 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 I just heard a word that I am pretty sure is not going to be in this episode, but anyway, uh, uh, Jamie, in your travels in Europe, did you head down to the Mediterranean or any of these parts or are they next on the list? Not yet. No. Um, I was actually just talking to my mom about this, about where I would go next. And I'm thinking um, somewhere Mediterranean, either Italy yeah. or Greece, somewhere like that. I would love to see the oh, Mamma Italy Mia. Is, no. I'd love to see. That's a good idea for like a, like a thing, right? Like a Mamma Mia, like a Mamma Mia trip, you know, like you mm-hmm. get the full Mamma Mia experience where playing ABBA the whole time and you're staying on a Greek island and then there's three like middle-aged men there that just bang ladies, you know, it's going to be great. sure. If any of my friends want to go on a I'm Mama in. Mia, who's your baby daddy I'm trip, in. let me I, know. I'm in. Who's your baby daddy? So yeah, I've been, I'll tell you what though, I've been to Rome and I've been to Italy. I went to Rome. Tuscany and uh, the Amalfi Coast, and it was, you know, not to brag, I'm pretty cultured, but yeah, beautiful, 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 beautiful. So, okay, so let's let's go on to another question. Or did you have something you wanted to say, James? Sorry. No, no. I'm ready. I'm okay. going with the flow. Awesome. You're the best. Thank you. Okay, so if you could give yourself a nickname, what would it be? Would you like some examples or do you have one? I have one. I've thought long and hard about it and it's not cool, but I'm just going to go with simple jam. And I've got, it's a three, three P thing here. One, it's the first three letters of my name. Sold. 
Two, I've got a sweet tooth. Love to have toast and jam. Boom. Three, I love to put music on really loud in my car and just Hell jam yeah. out. Boom. Nice. Done. Done. Yeah. Done. That's it. Yeah. When it's time to jam, you're calling jam. I like yep, it. Yep, that's it. That's so, someone's sweet. got the music yeah. on, need someone that'll come dance, no matter what it is, I'm your girl. I <laughs> that's got my it. jam. 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 <laughs> yeah, that's your jam. That's it. Jam. That's jam. 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 Like jam. Jam's a great one. Yeah, yeah. jam's a great one. All right, good. Easy to spell, too. So for us idiots, uh, you know, <laughs> I can get it. Okay. So. <laughs> Yeah, let's keep it going. Uh, if you could host a TV show, what TV show would you host? And it can be real or made up. So go ahead. I wanted to make up one, but I think I'm going to go simple and it's going to be Jeopardy. And that's because I love yeah. fun facts. I love yeah. seeing people and making them feel happy when they win. So I'm going to go Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a classic. Classic. Also, yeah. when it's hosted by possibly the best host ever, you right. know, like it's tough. It's tough not to want to be you know, jump on that train. Right. You know what I'm there's, saying? To be fair, there's no way I could ever be an Alex Trebek, but I'd like oh, the, op- yeah. I'd like the option to try. Sure. Sure. Every, everyone would like that option, but yeah, you're right in saying there's only ever going to be one Alex Trebek, right. you know, and it's, and it's the way it should be. I mean, he's one of a kind, right? He's incredible. <laughs> shake, shake is like, where, what, how, <laughs> how did we get here? <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay. So moving on, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. What TV game show would you want to be on? The Price is Right. I don't even want to win. I just want to play Plinko. That's all I want. You don't want to spin the wheel? I I would be okay if I didn't. I just want to play Plinko. That's that's my dream. Come on down. Yep. I want to wear a stupid outfit, and I want to do like a stupid little dance in front of everybody (laughs) nationwide. That's a really good answer. Yeah. Have, you guys, have you guys seen yeah. the um, the documentary about the guy that was like yes. a, a Price is Right genius? No. What? Okay. So no? I haven't. Was his name like yeah. that? <laughs> there was this dude was this in guy? like the, uh, I don't know, how, I don't know what, what years it was, but it's on Netflix or on, on some streaming service, ironically, um, where it was just like a guy who was like a math whiz. And he built, he was a computer science type dude, and he built like a model, like a thing on his computer that simulated all of the prices right um, um, items and like, you know, the washing machine and whatever. And he found that there was a pattern in like the pricing and when they showed these items. So, like, if they had a washer dryer set on the prices right, it was like the same washer dryer set. And had the same price, and he figured out how to predict like when it was about to come back on. And he started showing up to the tapings and shouting out what the price is. You know how you can shout out what the you think the prices are. Well, he would shout out like Mm -hmm. people would be shouting out, you know, three thousand, four thousand, whatever, eight hundred, and he would shout out twenty four hundred nine hundred and seventy two dollars. He would shout out like the exact price. Oh my god. It got to the point oh, where, like, I want to be that they had guy. like specific rules where, like, they couldn't stop this guy from doing it, and like it, it got to the point where, like, Bob Barker yeah. would, like knew the guy by name and was like giving him shout outs and stuff. Oh, and yeah. the thing yeah. is, is that when people would win from him, they wouldn't give him any credit. Mm-hmm. They would just act like they knew. 
that's the whole thing is like you have to realize they shoot these episodes like one after another in like a day like they shoot them really quick Mm -hmm. yeah and it doesn't always make for like all right at one point maybe you give the guy a shout out on tv and it's whatever but if you keep giving them shout outs people are gonna like Mm -hmm. you know the, the facade is lowered and, and you can't pretend right, that it's right. week after week or whatever. Um, and the guy has a crazy story. Oh, um, and the funny thing is, is like oh. he always wanted to come on and he had an opportunity to come on and something happened. I don't want to give it away, but the funny thing is, is that throughout the story of like this, this guy, he, he does these interviews and he just always talks about how he just has the love of like the, the game show. And he's like, I never wanted to like ruin the integrity of the game. I always just cared about like, you know, keeping the game honest and stuff. The love of the and game. It, it's like a really like, right. it's like a, you know, this guy was like wow. a very um, sincere human, you know? Wow. Good for him. That sounds so yeah. cool. I'm adding it to my yeah. list. I'm I know. I'm like, like, I have these recommendations for everyone. Our movie guy. All right. So that's good. Cool, Shake. That's Thank awesome. You. So, yeah. All right, moving on. Okay. You're an English major. We brought this up several times. Mm-hmm. You know how to spell bicoastal. You're very mm-hmm. uh, grammatically correct. Right. All right. What is the biggest word that you know the meaning of? Okay. This is my favorite word ever, and I learned it when I was nine. It's elimocenary, and it means charitable. Whoa. Yep. Elimocenary? Yep, it's an adjective. Um, it means charitable, and I can spell it. Wait, hold on. Let's let Matt. Uh, let's let Matt yeah. and I take a crack at this real quick. <laughs> okay. Elimocenary. Go ahead, Matt. Elimocenary. Uh, no, shake. You are going first, my friend. <laughs> it's your it's idea. You go first. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, well, I'm not getting you. I'm, I'm very elimocenary right now. Yeah. So it means first. charitable. Can, uh, can you use it in a sentence, please? Um, my foundation is an elimocenary foundation. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, She's noticed yeah. since she was nine. Well, I have right? d- <laughs> noticed since you were nine. I have done the eighth grade twice, so um, I feel prepared. I have had many vocabulary books. Um, elimocenary. E. <laughs> that was a question. You got that wrong. <laughs> L. I'm not. I'm not telling you where you're wrong and right, so oh, Matt can pick oh it up and figure see, it out. See, this is a spelling bee veteran here. It's a spelling bee now. This is this is a, a veteran. You. What are you just going to give me an R after I'm done? I'm going to nod to let you know that I've acknowledged oh, it. Jesus Christ! Just fucking spell it already. E- where is your Google? E L E I M O S A N A R I Y. I Y. We're going I Y yeah. there. I thought okay. you were going to trick me. That's the only word in the English language that goes I Y, and I knew it. I knew it. I Y. I saw it okay. coming a mile yeah. away. It makes sense. All right. It's intuitive. All, All right, right, Matt. All right. All right. You ready? Yep. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, E-L-E-E-M-O-S-Y-N-A-R-Y. Done. E-L-E-E-M-O-S-Y-N-A-R-Y. You Googled it. 
Okay, we're okay. looking at Matt right now. This he is the most guilty it. human being I've ever seen. You Googled it. Three words already wrong on this podcast. I knew okay? once we got to double E, I was no like, way. no, there's no way he guessed this is that. A bullshit word. What is it? Charitable? Yeah. Charitable. Emotionary. Yeah. We're going to mm-hmm. be charitable and like keep that word. All right. I, mean, so, char- I also have recidivism, which isn't long and geez, long, but it's yeah, fun yeah, to yeah. say. Recidivism. Let's go to the next topic. Screw. Get the head. <laughs> you ended every right. topic with Jamie right. by like cursing at her. Listen, I, no, Matt has. I do not appreciate that. <laughs> Matt, Matt's the bad boy of this we are started this off talking about how smart I was. You <laughs> came here to bully you. Wicked smart. <laughs> Let's get the nerd on. We'll make Matt, her like, feel Matt dumb. Matt is clearly Googling right now. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did Google it. I'm not going to lie. I did Google it. Right. We know what recidivism so means, right? Now. We all know what that means. Yeah, everybody knows know, recidivism. All right, so Wait, I, all I right, think I do know what it is. Okay, it go ahead. All right, sorry, go ahead. All right, recidivism. Um, it's uh, it's uh, I don't know who cares. Okay, so moving on. Next Matt. question. Take us where we Next question. Next question. What was the worst day uh at work in your whole life? Worst oh. day out of any job you've ever had. Worst day ever. Go. I remember this specific date. It was June twelfth, two thousand fourteen. Six twelve. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Call back June, to it, was, it was June twelfth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I cried. I got called into a meeting with my boss, and I messed something up after having a really, really hard couple of weeks. And it was the day after my grandmother's funeral, and she was reprimanding me, and I cried, and that was really bad. Wow. <laughs> That's the worst day. Yeah, that was my worst Damn. day. So I've got to be pretty Jeez. lucky, I will what? say, but it, it wasn't great. So, well, so you were pretty young at that point too, and like you're kind of yeah. that was like when you just started out, and you're kind of really trying to get it right. And yeah, I can yeah. see that. I there mean, was a big tough. pile up of things. It was I was still new at the company. Um, I was moving apartments. My grandmother had just died. Oh. My dog had just oh. died. Um, oh. I was going through some oh. other medical stuff at that time. Yeah, and that sounds like a did lot your... of recidivism. Yeah. Did your... yeah, it was a ton of recidivism. Did your boss get caught off guard when you started crying? Like, did they say, like, oh, God, I'm, I, never mind. It's okay. Well, was no. It one? Who, was it a man or a woman that was it was, a, it was a woman. It was a woman. Oh, I would love um, for her to be like, get your shit together, you little <laughs> bitch. Yeah, that well, would have been the best. Part of the thing that got me to like thinking back on it is she knew exactly what I was going through. And she was actually the one that like made me feel guilty about taking my full bereavement leave. Um, so I ended up feeling the pressure to come in the day after a funeral and, um, and then she reprimanded me for something that happened like a week before. And, uh, it just wasn't great, but it made me work really hard to improve myself and to not make those mistakes. So I did improve, but it, it didn't feel good at the time. All right. Well, good. Hey, glad, good. You got past it. Good on you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So moving on, this is the last question mm-hmm. that we're going to end the episode and we're going to go it. out with a bang and we're going to do it up, do it up Gangnam style. So mm-hmm. what is, what was the best day at work in your whole life? 
<laughs> it was when my team won the decorating contest for Christmas. We decorated our cubes um, in a gingerbread theme, mm -hmm. and we won the contest, and we won a half day, the whole department. Wow. Oh, oh, that's yeah. Oh, the things I would do for a, for a paid half year. <laughs> oh, baby. Right? What was yep. the decor? Yeah, what, what was your scheme? What did you go um, with? We did gingerbread themes. So we have 12 people. We decorated everyone's cube in brown paper. And, and this is what makes me so proud of it is every single person contributed. We all hand cut gumdrops and candies and made all of these things and put a lot of work into it. And we all came together and we ended up winning. So, yeah. And That's it was awesome. festive. It's always nice in corporate jobs when you're doing just those fun festive things that take time of, out yeah. of your day that you don't really yeah. get in this remote, remote environment. Was the whole competition so, gingerbread or was it, was it holidays yeah. and you guys took on, was just like you guys took on gingerbread mm -hmm. as your so, theme? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's just a holiday decorating thing. It starts at the beginning of December um, and ends at the end of December, so it could be any holiday yeah. that happens in December. And it's by department and then by building. Um, so we have big competition in our um, payment processing department. Yeah. Um, they always come and bring it, and they've beaten us a couple times. But it's one time so we. This is like of like yeah it sure was they beat us at halloween because they were all bees and their manager was the queen bee and they went around buzzing so they beat us at halloween but oh, we came back at christmas it's all about a stick you gotta have a stick that's that's, that's really what life is, is all yep. about sticks yeah stick so we were very proud and we were glad yeah. that everyone chipped in it was great yeah work. that is good and it and, guys that's awesome and jamie i I know yeah. that this is um, something that you have worked on in, in your professional life, but anytime you can make, I, you kind of hinted on this already, but like anytime you can make a corporate job or any job, like, man, I remember yeah. working at Babies R Us and they tried to come up with these programs, like incentive programs where like, mm -hmm. if you could get the cashiers, if you could get people to sign up for like the credit card or whatever, you would get like a some sort of recognition and it would inevitably be like right. the gold star of the month club or whatever the hell it was. Basically it, it mm -hmm. you would, it just sucked. And yeah. to have like a, a place in your job where people actually buy in and like contribute something mm -hmm. that's like, that truly is special. And, and, and it's awesome to like yeah. be able to do something like that because man, when it doesn't work, it sucks so bad. <laughs> it's like the worst in the world yeah, it really, so. yeah and i know that we're at the end here and wrapping up but like it's something that my organization takes very seriously is their employee engagement and they have a ton of programs like tuition reimbursement which is something i'm taking advantage of right now and um these internship programs and all these things that they're doing to really try to make sure that employees are feel like they're valued and wanted here and it's something that i appreciate yeah. for sure yeah that's what these companies should be doing awesome. man it's like a tax write-off for them exactly. you know yeah, yeah and it's something they should be doing it's something that's like part of building the culture and like you know a happy workplace is a is you know a productive workplace right but good all right so really really took a lot of your time tonight and jamie i can't thank you enough you've been just the best guest and jillian michael you've just been the best guest host <laughs> and can't thank you guys enough for coming on uh, Shake, anything you want to say? I have nothing to say. Uh, stay safe, people. 
hang in there. Uh, for you people on the East Coast, I've been checking in uh, with my parents. Uh, you've been blanketed with some snow. Um, and I, I assume it's been no pain at all. I, I assume you people just enjoy the snow and and it doesn't bother you at all. And you just get to enjoy it like it's a, a lovely, just something to just, you know, just make the day a little brighter. And out here in California, we're really jealous. Yeah. So uh, enjoy yourself. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Anyway, this is the worst time of year for the East Coasters. Mid-February. Well, really January through February sucks. Major wang. So just just enjoy it, guys. Major wang. Spring's coming soon. You'll be in some beer garden. Hopefully we kick this COVID thing right in the, right in the, right in the urethra and, and we're done. That's a real nice, real nice. That's for you. There, That's for all the families out there. Uh, <laughs> Jillian, Jillian, Michael, do you have anything to say before we I go? I just wanted to say you're welcome. No, thank you. Thank you again. A real honor. Uh, Jam, what do you got for us, Jammer? Hi, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on. It's a real honor to be on here with Lansdale's finest. So. Oh, Lansdale's finest. That right. the brave. That's it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Jamie. This was honestly, uh, we had an interview with someone, well, I won't say her name, but uh, we had brought up you coming on on her episode, and we were both me and Shake were like, hell yeah, we want her on. She's going to be the best. And you've lived up to it, you nailed it. Great job tonight. So much fun having you on. You're really, really great. Honestly, can't wait to have your old man and your mom on as well. And then eventually we're gonna have an we're gonna have an episode where all three of you are on and it's gonna be Good a luck. family episode. It'll oh, be the end of your great. family. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the year because yeah. you know it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, this was great. We really got a lot of great stuff out of this. Thanks so much for hanging out long with us. Um, so this has been the Working Perspectives Podcast. Thank you to Jamie Yerk and Jillian Byers for coming in. As always, I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied by my editor and producer, Tom Byers. Uh, you can find us on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast. Join us on Twitter at Working P Pod. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, hit us up at workingperspectives at gmail.com. All right, that's the end of the show. Stick around for the ad read. Thanks. Bye. Do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell? Have you always dreamed of writing a book but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world? Perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career. If so, please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's www.s is in Sam, K is in Kite, O is in October, P is in Tom, B is in Boy, E is in Edward, L is in Larry, L is in Larry.com. That's Scott and Bell Publishing, where the authors go.